Colossians chapter 1. The book of Colossians was written alongside of Ephesians while Paul was in prison. It's one of what's called the prison epistles. And the theme of Colossians, I have this Bible that I'm trying to break in as my new preaching Bible. And I love what it says here in the beginning. It it has a little paragraph devoted to the theme of the book. And it says, if Ephesians can be labeled the epistle portraying the church of Christ, then Colossians must surely be the Christ of the church. And I think that's a good, succinct way of putting it. Paul spends a lot of time talking about the preeminence and the sufficiency of Jesus Christ alone. And um, what a wonderfully rich epistle. But as he speaks to the Colossians, he begins by commending them for their testimony. He says, this is a testimony for which I am thankful. And I think that as we look at the example of the Colossians, we would do well to see what needs to be in our lives that we might possess a thankworthy testimony. Chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timotheus, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ which are at Colossae, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. This is not the thrust of the message, but over and over and over and over, you see the joining of thankfulness and prayer. People that are truly thankful tend to pray more. And people that pray more tend to be truly thankful. You can't separate the two, gratitude and prayerfulness. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all the saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you, since the day ye heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. As ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. A thankworthy testimony. What's Paul thankful for? Well, first of all, he's thankful for their faith. He's thankful for their faith. He says in verse number four, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. I've heard about your faith, and I thank God for it. Not a stretch for us to think that people should hear of our faith as well and have reason to be thankful for our testimony a testimony of faith. You say, well, that's kind of lackluster. I mean, 
Shouldn't we all have faith? True, we should. But faith is a pretty rare commodity these days, isn't it? I remind you that faith is the foundation of all of this. Four times in Scripture we see the same thing said. The just shall live by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. We walk by what? Faith and not by sight. This whole thing started with faith. For by grace are ye saved through what? Faith. We can't get away from it. May we have a testimony that is thankworthy because of our faith. You know what else he was thankful for? He was thankful for their fondness. For their fondness. He says, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all the saints. Now, let's dwell in reality for a moment, shall we? Does this mean that all the saints at Colossae got along? Nope. Does this mean that everybody in the church at Colossae liked each other? Nope. They were human beings just like we are. The word love there comes from agape, which is a decisive love. It has nothing to do with emotion. It has everything to do with somebody making a spirit-led and spirit-filled decision that I am going to choose to love this person, whether they deserve it or not, whether they reciprocate it or not, whether they display it or not, I'm going to love them for one reason, because Jesus loves me the same way. I didn't deserve it. He loves me unconditionally. I'm going to love other people. Are there still going to be squabbles? Are there going to be some people that just your personalities just don't mesh? Yep. But we're going to choose to love one another no matter what. And it says of these people at Colossae that they didn't just express this fondness to the people that, you know, were in the same kind of clubs they were. No. It says to all the saints. To all the saints. I'm thankful for churches that, yeah, you've got different people that are involved in different things. You've got the hunters and fishers, the outdoorsmen over here, and then you've got the, you know, the, the gearheads over here, and you've got the intellectuals over here, and those overlap. I get that. But, you know, you've you got different groups and different interests and that kind of thing. But when it's all said and done, we all love each other because we choose to all love each other. And, and Paul said, I'm thankful for you have a testimony of faith and you have a testimony of fondness for one another. You say, once again, that's another one of those that's pretty elementary. And yet there's churches all over America that can't stand each other. You know? Paul goes on to say, I'm thankful for your testimony of faith. I'm thankful for your testimony of fondness. You know what else? I'm thankful for your future. I'm thankful for your future. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all the saints, watch this, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. I'm thankful for what you've got coming. 
I'm thankful, Colossi, that no matter what your local officials do, no matter what the emperor does, no matter what the Jewish leadership does, no matter what any of your enemies do, I know where this thing ends. And I'm thankful for the future that you have. That blessed hope. Oh, may God help us to learn to look through the problems of today to the glorious future that we have in Jesus Christ. Paul said, I'm thankful for your faith. I'm thankful for your fondness. I'm thankful for your future. You know what else? I'm thankful for your fruit. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, I'm thankful for that faith. And of the love which you have to all the saints, I'm thankful for that, that fondness. And for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you have heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come unto you as it is into all the world, I'm thankful for your future. And bringeth forth fruit, as it doth also in you. I am thankful that not only are you saved, you're living it that there is fruit being produced in your life, that you are making a difference. When James talks about faith without works being dead, he's not saying that works are what save you. He's saying if your faith doesn't possess works, it's dead to others. It's not helping out any. It's not producing fruit. He says, I'm thankful for your fruit. And then finally, I'm thankful you have a testimony of faith and fondness and a bright future and fruit, and I am thankful for your spirit of fellowship. He says, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you since the day ye heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. Verse 7, as ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who was for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. It strikes me that Epaphras almost certainly was their pastor. And when Paul reaches out to Epaphras and wants to know how the Colossians are doing, Epaphras is able to report, there's a great love in our church. There's great fellowship. And they're, teaching, they're treating me well as well. There's nothing quite like the family of God. There's nothing quite like, honestly, y'all, and I love, I love my blood family. I do. But you're probably just where I'm, I'm at, too. There's people that you're related to by blood that you're nowhere near as close to as you are people in the family of God. And here we are, part of the family of God. Bill Gaither got it right, didn't he? I'm so glad. I'm a part of the family of God. Join heirs with Jesus as we travel this sod. Can I tell you as I read these, it's interesting. Today I had two messages ready, one for chapel, one for tonight. My message for chapel was one that was designed to span from K3 all the way up to 12th grade and so there were some very juvenile parts in it, and there were some, you know, you know, cookies were fairly on the low shelf. And so I grabbed my Bible, and I marked my place in the Scripture for the message that was meant to be preached tonight. I preached the wrong message in chapel. 
or at least what I thought was. I think God probably sovereignly got involved in that. But what it left me with was a very kid-oriented kind of message, not suitable for tonight for the most part. So this afternoon I said, all right, Lord, I need another message. And y'all, I'm not trying to be spooky, and this is not usually how it works, and I'm not saying that this is how we should do it. My Bible was already open to Colossians chapter 1. So I started reading. And you know what I saw? I saw my church. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. I do thank God for you, and I do pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, did you know there's people all over this world that have heard of our faith? There's people in South Sudan that have heard about Fellowship Baptist Church. There's people in, in, in Cambodia, Phnom Penh and Kampot and other provinces that have heard of Fellowship Baptist Church. There's people in Germany that have heard of Fellowship Baptist Church. They've heard about our faith. He says, and of the love which you have to all the saints. Again, are we all alike? No. Do we sometimes butt heads a little bit from time to time, different groups within our church? Yeah, sometimes. But you let somebody attack this church. And all of a sudden, there's a coalescence there, isn't it? And we come at them like a pack of wild dogs. Why? Because we're family. See? Man, can I just tell you, I'm excited for your future. I'm excited for the future that I believe God has for us here. But more than that, I'm excited for the future that we have there. Can I remind you, if it's a good thing heaven's 1,500 miles square, because if you don't like being around me here, you've got a long time and eternity to be around me up there, so you've got plenty of room to run. We're going to be together forever. No more parting. No more death. Won't it be a wonderful thing to once again hear a voice bellow out? Anybody got a word? (laughs) And when he does it, you people jump up. Since he's gone to heaven, it's slower. When he said anybody got a word, we all stood up in fear. We'll all be together in heaven. I'm thankful for our fruit. Can we stand to bear more? Of course we can. We'll we'll always be like that. But I'm thankful for the fruit that we're bearing. And I'm thankful for fellowship. Because I've said it many other places. There's nowhere else I'd rather be. I love this place. And I'm thankful that by God's grace we've been able to have a testimony that's thankworthy. Let's stand together, shall we?